At Kids Church, as I'm sure you've picked up on already, we've been learning about God's mission. And our world is broken, and we have the opportunity to partner with God in his mission. However, before we get to that stage of partnering with him in his mission, we need to understand that the heart of the brokenness of this world, the very centre of the brokenness of this world, is our broken relationship with God. And this is God's greatest mission. God wants you. God wants you. So this morning, I just want to share a couple of things. First one is a story. Second thing, I just want to talk about a ladder. But before we do that, would you just pray with me? Lord God, please guide my words. Shut me up when I need to shut up um, and help me just to speak what you want to say um, and help us just to be ready to hear whatever it is you want to speak to each of us this morning. Amen. So Simon was his name. Simon. He was a respected religious man in town. His knowledge of the law of Moses was second only to his devout way of life. Everyone in town knew Simon. He was a man respected, and to the best of his ability, he honoured God with his life. But Simon had been hearing rumours about this radical teacher who was going around Israel, and he was currently in his region in Galilee. This teacher was causing quite a stir and seemed to be drawing in more and more crowds. Well, Simon thought he should go and check out what all this was about. After Simon heard about this teaching, he was not a fan. This teacher, whose name was Jesus, was teaching out of line and contrary to what God demanded. He was preaching a message that anyone could be made right with God. A message of forgiveness for anyone, even the worst of the worst sinners. <sighs> Who did this guy think he was? God is holy. And this teacher, he's claiming to be a prophet. And he's saying that any Tom, Dick or Harry or even Sally, a woman, could possibly receive God's forgiveness. As the crowds continue to grow around Jesus, Simon and the other respected religious leaders of the time, they thought, well, they need to do something for God about this. So they decided that they would, they would have a little word with this teacher. They might just pull him into line a little bit. So Simon invited Jesus to come for a meal at his home. It sounded like a nice invitation, but it definitely had an agenda. Jesus accepted the invitation. Meanwhile, there was a lady. Everybody in town knew this lady as well, but not for the same reasons that they knew Simon. Everyone knew who this lady was. A sinner. The worst of the worst. The women looked down on her in disgust. The men diverted their eyes. She'd broken up marriages. The mistakes of her past had trapped her into her current life. And for her, there was no way out. She was in too deep. She was a disgrace. And everyone knew it. And she knew it. But all of that changed only a few days back. 
She'd stumbled across this teacher who was coming through her town, who was teaching a message about freedom and hope and forgiveness. As she was listening, her heart started beating faster. The hairs on her arms stood on end. She was gripped by this teacher. Was he speaking to her? Could this God of this teacher really forgive her? Her? Weeping, she cried out to God and knew for the first time in her life that she was loved and she was forgiven. And at that moment, her life was changed. She was forgiven and a new woman. But who was that teacher? Where did he go? He's not coming through the roof, don't worry. Jesus, she needed to find him. She needed to thank him. And so she went off and she searched the streets. She stopped She stopped by the markets and she found the most expensive perfume she could afford and she popped that in her bag and she planned to pour that over his head to honour him and thank him as was the custom in those days. She found out along the way that the teacher was going to be at Simon's house. So she weaved her way through the streets, past all the people squeezing through the crowds just to see this teacher. And as she got through, there he was. He was arriving just about the same time as she was. Her heart could burst. And as she watched Simon bring Jesus into his house, she observed that Simon failed to greet him as an honoured guest should be greeted. Simon did not wash Jesus' feet nor kiss him as a greeting, nor anoint his head with oil, which was all the customs of the day of welcoming a special guest into your home. When the woman saw this, she realised that Jesus was not an honoured guest in this house. He was being humiliated. Anger started to burn inside her. Tears welled up in her eyes at this injustice. She knew that kind of humiliation and was crying for him. She had to do something. She had to honour this man who was in the midst of his humiliation, this man who had saved her life. So before anyone could stop her, she went over to Jesus. She fell at his feet. She gripped his feet and she wept. Tears so intense that her tears wet his feet so much that she was able to wash them. Realising that she didn't have a towel with her, she used what she could. She got her hair. She wiped his feet down with her hair. And that's when she realised the perfume. So she pulled the perfume out of her bag. She poured it over his feet. And she dared not look up. Meanwhile, Simon's there, right? We We all know a bit about Simon now. Simon was getting a little agitated. Why was this disgusting sinner in my house? Simon knew who she was. Oh, everyone knew who she was. She was a disgrace to this town. If this man was really a prophet, he would know who this woman was. Interrupting his thoughts, Jesus speaks. And he says to Simon, Simon, I want to tell you a story. Here we go. Story in a story. Jesus is telling this story. Imagine there are two men. A banker loaned them money. To this guy, he had 500 pieces of silver lent to him. 
To this guy, he only had 50 pieces of silver lent to him. When they came back to the banker and neither of them could pay the debt back, the banker cancelled their debts. And then Jesus leaned into Simon and he said, Simon, which of those two men would have been the more grateful? Simon answered logically, well, I suppose the one who has forgiven the most debt. Exactly, Jesus agreed. Do you see this woman, Simon? I came into your home and you provided no water for my feet, but she's rained tears on my feet from the time I arrived. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You provided me with nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. She was forgiven of many, many sins. And she is very, very grateful. The woman looked up. How did he know? Jesus reached down to her and said, I forgive your sins. Your faith has already saved you. Go in peace. There is a massive contrast in this story. Simon, the well-respected religious man who everyone respected. The woman, who doesn't even get a name in the story. The dirty, sinful, good-for-nothing woman. We're not sure what happens beyond this story between Simon and Jesus. Perhaps he decided to follow Jesus. Or perhaps, maybe a little more likely, he called Jesus a blasphemer and threw him out of his home. Indeed, only God is able to forgive sins. Was Jesus claiming to be God? Jesus gives us the truest understanding of who God is. He is God in the flesh. If you want to understand anything about God's character, look to Jesus. In this story, I think that, that God's character shines through Jesus in the way of God's grace. God's grace. Grace is just a word that means undeserved favour. Receiving something that you do not deserve. And this is what we see in the story. Of all the people in that room that day, who was the least deserving of forgiveness? Yeah, good man, Aaron. Definitely the woman. Jesus should have condemned her and cast her out right there and then. She was actively doing wrong, messing up other people's lives with no care for God or others. And yet, Jesus didn't condemn her. He extended his love and his forgiveness towards her. And he declared that before God, she was forgiven. Every sin in her past wiped clean. Now, for those of us concerned with justice, um, this just doesn't quite seem right. If I was Simon, I think I'd be a bit peeved off too, to be honest. She doesn't deserve it in the slightest. She has nothing to offer God. <laughs> like, I don't mean to brag, but... Like, I've lived a good life. I've always lived on the straight and narrow. I've learnt the laws. I know how to follow God. But her? She doesn't deserve it. She has no right to forgiveness or a restored relationship with God. And yet, that is exactly the point. That is exactly the point. That is grace. Undeserved favour. And that is exactly what Jesus gave her. <clears throat> it's time to talk about the ladder. 
I saw this demonstrated um, in a GLS presentation, and I've kind of adapted it for myself because I liked it. At the very centre of the brokenness of this world is our broken relationship with God. And to have a relationship with God who is perfect, you need to be perfect. But good luck with that. We all fall very short of that perfect standard. And so what's left is this gap between God and us. And so what we try to do is we try to bridge that gap ourselves. So here we go. This is where you need to imagine a ladder. We're at the bottom of this ladder. But our goal is to, is to move up the ladder to be closer to or even right there with God. And so we start climbing the ladder. Ah, oh, I went to church today. Up you go, up one rung. Whoop, sorry about my acting. Oh, I've actually not missed a church service all year. Oh, wow, I'll give you three steps for that. Yeah, Okay, I'm climbing higher. Here we go. Oh, I mean, there was that, that decision that I made this morning, which wasn't too good. Go down one rung. But don't worry, I've been baptised. Oh, up ten. Yeah, up you go. Can you see what's going on? I reckon Simon's ladder, I reckon Simon had this ladder as well. I bet he never missed a temple service. Up he goes. He could recite the law back to front. Woo, way better than me. Up, 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 up. I bet he mentored younger men in the ways of God. Wow, up he goes. But what Simon didn't realise is this. The ladder is infinite. It is infinite. Even if you lived your life as perfect as you possibly could, there is no way of getting any closer to God. It's more like being on a treadmill. You feel like you're working hard. You feel like you're getting closer to God, but you're actually just in the same spot. You can't climb your way to God or close that gap at all. Let's contrast this with the woman. Where do you think the woman would have put herself on the ladder? Up here? No. She knew where she was. She was down the bottom of the ladder, the lowest of the low. She knew she had nothing to offer God. She had nothing to offer to God as compensation for all the sin that she had done in her life. There was no way that she could ever crawl back to God. She was helpless. And so... If you can't climb your way to God and or you know that there's no point trying because you're already the worst of the worst, is there a way that our broken, our broken relationship with God can be restored? And here's the distinction between what we believe is a Christian church versus any other religion in the world. Because God knew that you and I and Simon and the woman could not climb the ladder to get to God. God came down the ladder to be with us. And his name is Jesus. And he offered something that this woman could never repay, her forgiveness. Slate wiped clean, relationship with God restored. This is grace. I reckon old mate Simon, I reckon he thought he was pretty up there. 
I reckon he thought he had earned his way to God. I reckon he thought he'd single-handedly climbed that ladder and made it. But there is no ladder to climb. We're all in the same spot. And we need that grace just as much as that woman. Jesus and only Jesus can forgive us and bridge that gap. And this is very good news. It frees us from the burden of trying to work out if I've done enough. Have I done enough to get to God? Burden released. Jesus has already done all the work. And he says, come. He says, you're forgiven. I'm here. Brennan Manning talks about grace in his book, The The Ragamuffin Gospel, like this. Jesus comes not for the super spiritual, but for the wobbly and the weak need who know they don't have it all together and who are not too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. Jesus comes not for the super spiritual, sorry Simon, but for the wobbly and the weak need who know they don't have it all together and who are not too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. I think Simon thought he was super spiro, but I don't think that's actually the person you want to be. I want to be reminded of how much I don't have it all together so that I can be humbled enough to be in awe of the grace that Jesus has shown towards me. So we've heard the story of Simon and the woman and their responses to grace. We've talked about the latter, that we can never climb high enough to earn God's favour. So I guess there's two questions. First is this. Would you like this grace that Jesus is offering, like the woman? And the second question, are you, like Simon, striving for God's favour? Stop it. (laughs) I've just been through a time in my life that um, I'll call a, a desert season. Every time I opened the Bible to read it, it meant nothing. Every time I tried to pray... I felt like I was talking to the air. I was feeling dry and was trying my hardest to get back to being close to God. It took me a long time to realize I just needed to stop striving and to sit in and accept his grace while he refreshed and restored me. And it's from this place, from this place of a relationship with God that we are able to then go out and join him in his mission, to be his hands and feet, to let others know of this same grace of Jesus that has changed your life. After the woman experienced his immense grace and forgiveness, her response toward Jesus that day was an extravagant outward expression of love in response to what Jesus had done for her. 